everybody. Welcome to Nexus at Night, your weekly Vanguard podcast brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nexus at night. I will eventually run out of words to emphasize in that order, but I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Ruth here. Like, uh, it, it's just like like a band doing the same song in concert where they're like, we're going to emphasize this word instead of this word, and it sounds a little different, and I'm going to run out of shit at a certain point. But, uh, I believe it. Yep. Yeah, I'm drunk on a Tuesday. And uh, so today uh, we're talking about after a, a tweet from Different Fight back on a few days ago, uh, he retweeted something from the Pokemon Twitter account, uh, which is a, for the Pokemon uh, TCG, a trainer's toolkit. So each toolkit comes packed with over 50 useful cards to power of your deck, over 100 energy cards, four booster packs, and more. And then he said he retweeted it and said, I'd love a Vanguard prod, uh, product like this down the line, a bot, box with each over-trigger, four of each nation's PG, X number of staples for each nation, and triggers for all nations. feel like now would be a perfect time to explore this space. So uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, how Boucherode has handled stuff like this in the past and what they could do in the future for it to not suck. So, yeah, let's get and into also it. Also talking about, yeah, talking about, like, what other TCGs have done with similar types of products, so we have comparison points. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing, because, uh, you know, you got Yu-Gi-Oh! from me, Magic from Matt, and, uh, whatever the hell else. <laughs> yeah. See, I was also just because I know Yu-Gi-Oh! has had structure decks that were, like, fairly competitive out the box. Yeah, definitely. Do we want to... Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, Yu-Gi-Oh! also has, like, tons of, like, reaper products. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes slower than they need. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, you know, they'll have, like, gold series or something like that. Just basically, like, put more, like, cards that are really expensive and more hands. And then they'll often do reprints and structure decks, although not recently in TCG. <laughs> in fact, I've been removing them structure decks in TCG. <laughs> what? The, the, the thing where they're like, instead of uh, Twin Twisters, we're going to have it be uh, Mystical Space Typhoon. Because fuck you. As like a... Well, no, no. So Twin Twisters are not expensive, right? I know, so, like, but that, that was just... In, in the upcoming... I think in one of the structure decks in OCG, there's Lightning Storm and Infinite Impermanence. Like, they're going to replace that with Twin Toaster and Dark Road. Yeah, so Lightning Storm being a Raigeki or Harpy's Feather Duster, depending on what you want to. And, uh, yeah, with, if you have no, nothing in play, right? Yeah, and then Infinite Impermanence is a trap you can play from hand that like negates the effect of an opponent's thing. And then all in the same column. Yeah, and can also shut something off in that column, too. So It's very funny when people activate something in the Imperm column. By accident, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so they went from that to, like, Twin Twister, which was Discard 1, Pop 2, Back Row, and Dark Roller No More, which is, a, you know, a negate on the opponent's thing, but it's a normal spell card, and uh, you can't do damage the turn you do it. Mm-hmm. So it's not as good, um, but that's or like yeah. So like if they were droplet in those, you would just kind of replace with dark roller again. <laughs> oh, green droplet! I remember when I was like trying to build a deck uh, 
for like somewhat cheap and I was walking around Frankenstein's here in uh, SoCal and uh, I didn't know how much Forbidden Droplet costs. So I was, wa- <laughs> I was walking around being like, can't be more than like, what, 15 bucks? And they're like, yeah, it's like 90. We're like, oh. Oh man, it was cheap at that time too, dang. That was the cheap side? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that card's a ridiculous. That card's just ridiculously expensive. Yeah. So th- what everyone suggested to me was just get Dark Ruler no more. Like it's a dollar. Yeah, it's, it's, and... So yeah, the difference is um. So Dark Ruler says you can't deal damage that turn. Mm-hmm. But Forbidden Droplet does not have that text. Yes, but you do have to discard stuff to get the. You can also sack stuff on field. True. So. You can, like, you know you know that dumb shit when people, like, make chains? Like, you'll be like, all right, I'm going to, like, do this, right? And they're like, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to activate my effect. And you're like, okay, drop it, sack it. <laughs> it's really stupid. I'll do all the things, actually. <laughs> and then you're just like, I'm just going to drop it off the end of that. And, uh, yeah, okay, we're done. And, uh, yeah, I just gained a ton of value. Yeah. yeah, Droplet, Droplet, Droplet has just some really, like, yeah, it's like a minus, but you're not, you don't actually minus, minus anything in the activation of Droplet. It's a minus on paper. <laughs> it's definitely written as attempting to be a minus. Yeah. But it says quick play on it, so. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Uh, so, what you do has done in the past, like, you mentioned Gold Series, which is, for the most part, a reprint set, right? Occasionally, you'll have new stuff in there. Um, I remember the um, the first one had a Crush Card Virus for the first time outside of a you know winning championship promo. God, good old Crush Card Virus. And it was like also ridiculously hard to find anyway. Yeah. So this is pre-erotic Crush Card Virus, where it was like I remember seeing. Crush card viruses and stores for like ridiculous amounts of money. Oh, I have a little story for that. So, uh, long. I think you lo- told this one. What about uh, almost paying for the crush card virus and then it got banned? Yeah. And then the guy yeah. got pissed off. Damn it! All right. Well, I don't know. We've been around almost five years. Not everyone's gonna hit, listen to every episode. Long oh, story true. short, almost paid for the thing. Found out it got banned. Guy was super pissed at me. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Well, like, Crush Card is obviously getting banned, right? Well, I didn't know. I was, like, 14. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> card, like, resolves and ends the game. It's very cool. Because <laughs> back is... then, Crush Card, instead of, uh... So, Crush Card back then, you got, you got to look at the next three draw steps. It, like, it's been eroded now. Yeah. It does. It's not nearly as stupid, uh... Uh, as far as that goes. Yeah, but you could randomly be it, like, oh, you drew something over 1,500 attack, put it in the graveyard. Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, so before now, I think, so that's what they did before, but now I think your opponent, like, destroys three of the monsters in the deck with 1,500 more attack. So wouldn't that just be a plus for them? Because they're like, oh, thanks. Right, right, right. <laughs> so your, but your opponent has to choose, so it's, like, super bad. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know. Well, what are you going to do? In any case, uh... I think Gold Series... Something like Gold Series would be nice uh, for Vanguard, which they already kind of do with Revival Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where, like, once a year you get this thing, and they're like, all right, all this stuff that you liked playing, uh, or, you know, maybe something like Cursed Eye Raven, which it's been years, but it's still relevant. 
uh, is now in here again. So it's just more cards in the circulation and not in people's decks, in their common boxes that they've forgotten about, or sitting in a display case somewhere. I don't actually know if I think that the, like, whatever a Vanguard kind of, like, toolkit should be. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it should include, actually include the over-triggers, but it should definitely include all the PGs. Yeah, like, triggers and PGs. PGs should not be something people are gated by. Yeah, easy. I mean, I feel like as long as over-triggers are, like, part of the game, because they did put out a survey recently asking people's opinions on it. I would hope everyone was either indifferent or hated them, but... <clears throat> take them. No, don't be indifferent. Just take them. Yeah, well, I mean, if everyone either hates it or doesn't care, they'll probably give indication for them that nobody actually wants over-triggers in English. No, they'll read that people don't mind them. Yeah. True. And But here's the th- the thing. You only need one. If they never print any again, we were talking about this in the many in the already way too many episodes we've done about over triggers. Uh, if it never comes up again, then they just don't have to do anything. But that also screws over people who are trying to get into the game for the first time, and you're like, "Fuck!" The thing I didn't want to play for my nation is like, you know, fifteen dollars or more. If it the further you get away from set one. On the plus side, oh, yeah. the trial decks all come with, you know, the vanilla over-triggers where it's Just doubled up. and So that's something. You can at least play with that. Um, I just think that, like, as long as over-triggers are going to be a thing, I think you should have the option of being able to play your nation trigger and not have to rely on the Cray Elemental one if you didn't want it. Yeah. So, yeah, I imagine, like, whatever this special product would be that it should include like the over trigger for each nation Mm -hmm. so yeah like sets of each trigger uh over trigger pg for sure and then the question is after that like what would we put in it and we're talking about the pgs that are free at uh, two or one or less card in hand right Mm-hmm. Good. Like the set pgs not just vanillas because you could get those from tds already yeah so um, I'm not really sure what you want to put in there. I assume, like, the easy way to do it would be you print the last ride line. That, like, so, for example, you had the Seraph Snow comes in the TD, Orifice comes in the set. Now we have this new one with the Meteor where it looks like a deleter. I feel like if you're going to do this down the line, then you would reprint the Orifice ride line, for example. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because one thing that's important to note is that Different Fight pitched this to be, like, further down the line, not, like, this soon after the re- uh, D-Series reboot just started. So we're talking about, like, maybe a year or so later. Yeah. Um, I feel like by that point, that if we're doing some sort of complete nation box to get... Either to get people into the game for the first time, or for people who are like interested in trying new things, that they could probably just print like all three, all of the relevant ride lines for the nation. So like, just give you play sets of each ride line and maybe some generic cards that could theoretically work with all the decks. Like, I'm thinking of some sort of combination between like the legend decks that we've had in the past and it plus like promos and stuff 
I don't know if we want to do the Yu-Gi-Oh thing where they start shoving world premieres into special sets, but... God, I hope they don't do that. I know for... Um, Yu-Gi-Oh has this like habit of whenever they reprint an expensive card, that's when it's going to get hit on the ban list. <laughs> I'm not sure why they do that, but it's a thing that they do. So, uh, well, so, because the expensive cards get people to buy the product, right? So, like, a, a really good example is Yu-Gi-Oh! just had a new ban list. Yeah. Nadir Servant is a card that people want to hit because, to most, not because the card's, like, busted, like, at the current moment necessarily, but because the card's just really freaking obnoxious. Mm -hmm. But the card's basically, like, a plus three, right? So, so like... Dear Servant... Hang on, I'm Googling it. <laughs> um... Oh, uh, okay, it's found extra it. foolish search for Dogmatica. Got it, got it, yeah. Yeah, so this card's just incredibly obnoxious. It adds, it, you know, you get Ecclesia, and then Ecclesia, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, the, but they, you know they're not going to hit it, they're not, even if they did restrict Nadir Servant, they're definitely not doing it now because they haven't returned it yet. <laughs> and that's not a joke, even though it might you know, sound like one, it's just actually the case, right? They're not, they're just not going to. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's just kind of like how you how Konami operates, and Konami is usually pretty um uh does this consistently, so it's not like a surprising thing. I don't think. Oh, of, mm. well, yeah, it's they're consistent about it, but it's something consistent that I don't like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, yeah. good, you punched me in the face again. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Like, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't... Yeah, let's, what? Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah, I, I, I would appreciate it. Um, one thing that's interesting is people started bringing up, like, how much would it cost? Uh, and Specifically, Bushi Matt brought up what the price point would be. Yes. Uh, someone, so he goes, what uh, kind of price point would this be reasonable at? And then at Ezel Senpai goes... Uh, I didn't expect to get this far. Uh, <laughs> so elite trainer boxes are normally around 40 bucks. I say between 20 and 50 being a good range. There could be five to six nation-based boxes with their respective over-trigger, a set of PGs. Exclusive sleeves, that's something I didn't think of, for the main ride and ride deck and promos. Yeah. I don't know why you didn't think of that. They do that for every special set. I don't know. I, I w I'm drunk. I said that at the beginning. I look. <laughs> One uh, one interesting thing re related to this is uh, put the triggers in there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if people think they're kind of extra, but like put some, put some triggers in there. Yeah, like like at the very least, these whatever the theoretical product would be should contain enough cards to actually build a deck. That's something that really annoyed me with the Saint Guard set because I was looking back at old special series releases and. God, the V Special Series, these are all terrible value. Holy shit. It, like, Majesty Lord Blaster is basically a legend deck, but costs twice as much. And then the Daigo set costs the same as a legend deck, but only comes with 15 cards. Seriously? Cool. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know it cost that much. I knew it was only the 15, but Jesus yeah, did. Yeah, 3,500 yen, the same as a Legend deck. Very cool. And see, that's the thing, is Legend decks came with all the same things, where, like, it had a, sh a storage box, which we didn't get in English, a deck holder, 
and a pack of 70 sleeves, which we also didn't get in English for the Legend decks. I believe we got it in the English version of Saint Guard because they finally pulled their heads out of their butts for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, it's like really lame that, you know, Majesty Lord Blaster costs apparently $65 according to the comment section on the wiki page, yeah. but you know, just came with your standard 50 card deck you know, deck holder and sleeves, just like Legend decks in the past. So yeah, I think because this was a problem in V, we should specify that a new special product for D-Series for like a Nation box should definitely have enough cards to actually construct a deck. Yeah, um, that, that also begs the question of like, if, if this ends up being like a playable deck, how broken do you I actually to be? don't think it itself needs to have enough cards to construct a deck it plus a TD needs to construct a deck mm. Mm. like a, a deck with like real cards in it. well especially yeah. if a TD like if there's supposed to be four bucks right mm-hmm. you know? right, right so if anything the TD just becomes the add-on <laughs> yeah I mean it kind of depends on what they do with it because you know there are a lot of different right ride lines already even in the nation so if they were let's go with your example if they made a brand gate nation box that had orphis in it i would want it to be i would want it to have enough cards to construct the deck because otherwise like you could even if it's just like a mid-tier deck like that's fine you can print broken support in the set still so that people will buy the sets i don't think any of the legend decks were play were all that strong out of the box uh I'm not sure about the Majesty Lord Blaster set. I know Majesty Lord Blaster like made it into the meta at like a decent place, but I can't remember if that's just with the deck out of the box or if you had to like do stuff to it. Um, let's see. I hate when you try and search it and it gives you the the card just by itself. <coughs> There it is. Special deck set, Majesty Lord Blaster. Um, I think it was at least, like, somewhat do Like, maybe not as is. I know that was a thing with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! too, where, like, the dinosaur tr- uh, structure deck was... You could pretty much just take that to a regional and do okay, at least. Well, there's mm-hmm. the Monarch one, where you just buy three of that, and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, uh, does that... Does anyone remember that brief period in 2020 where Majesty Lord Blaster was like kind of relevant? I remember the like there was like it was like a like a week, maybe two. It was not kind of, I don't know. We were inside for most of the year. I don't really remember most of. Yeah, because like I know for the old like Ren Kai and Aichi Legend decks, like all. I think the Ren Legend deck was probably the only one that was meta out of the box, and that was purely because of Phantom Blaster Diablo. That thing left such destruction in its wake. I think some. I think I still have Vietnam flashbacks sometimes. To, oh, I destroyed your board. Now you can't guard and crit. Cool. Yeah, because this came out before G Guardian, so like Phantom Blaster Diablo could carry the deck on its own pretty easily. Uh, I think the Kai Legend deck was completely terrible out of the box. I'm pretty sure most people 
ditch the actual... Like, at most, you bought it for reprints of the Ace because the Ace was stupidly expensive at the time. Yeah. I think you maybe used the Novell Stride, but then you just played it with the Cross Legion and nobody touched the Legend. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that... So, yeah, I think the Kai Legend deck was the least relevant out of box, and... Like, between the three, I think the Aichi Legend deck is probably the most balanced out of the box. It's, like, a competent deck, has pretty good strides in it, but you still need to upgrade it with main set stuff like Gansalot and the Blaster Lu. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the Floco Crit, obviously. Of course. Oh, the yeah, Floco Crit. So you want to aim for or something like the Aichi Legend deck, where, like... Out of the box, you have a competent deck that could be upgraded with the sets so that, you know, they keep selling product. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's probably what I would aim for. Do you guys agree? I agree, but also knowing that they've added a third ride line to the sets proper, I, I would hope that this gives them enough room to add enough, like, just enough new cards for you know, insert the neglected ride line here, Snow or Orifist, whichever one they decide to leave by the wayside, probably the former. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I imagine they would keep supporting, like, the, the start deck archetype, because that's probably the one they expect more people to have. Like, start decks are, like, how people get into the game. I think it's important for them to keep supporting them consistently so that people just getting into the game and have their start decks continue to be relevant. So, if anything, I would imagine them leaving Orphus behind first for the new Meteor Lady. That would probably cause a bunch of people obsessed with Link Joker to be super sad. Like, the, the amount of fanboys you would piss off would be palpable. Yeah. <laughs> for that, in particular. I'm not sure you have the yeah. same thing with something like Zorda or... Uh, Barrow Magnus. Like, I'm, I, I don't think there's as much of a simp nation for that as there is for Or Orphist. Um, right. But still, like, I, I, I would hope that if you're gonna take the time to make this special set to use that to give yourself breathing room in terms of support. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we've talked about how, like, it, it gets harder and harder to support more things with just one card. The more different your mechanics are which is why I hope this meteor thing has something to do with either the prison or the uh, world mechanic but yeah. if, if they don't then they might have to do something like this in order to not be just like okay you get one card and you're like this sucks and they're like tough luck yeah <laughs> also like something like also like a special product like this could be a way to stagger releases between sets so that we have a bit of time for the meta to develop a little more. Yeah. Or they could just start doing Lyrical Monasterio stuff, and then that makes you happy. And then... <laughs> like, we can save that rant for another time, but... Yeah. Uh, also, like, how do we feel about things like deck sleeves and card hold or deck holders? Because that has been included in all of their special products in the past. It took all the way until the Majesty Lord Blaster set for us to get all of that stuff in English, but, you know, like, a, a deck holder, pack of 70 sleeves. I don't know if we need storage boxes. Maybe? Uh, I don't know. Storage boxes 
feel kind of moot. Uh, yeah. For the I mean, I guess that's something, something where they could just sell it, sell the completed product inside the storage box, and then... Yeah, if they wanted you know. to. I feel like that'd be expensive for them to produce, though. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I assume, I assume that's why we never got them in the English or the Legend decks, but they finally figured it out, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I liked the the little um, ride line sleeves that they included as box toppers uh, with that mm -hmm. first set, and I want more of them, but uh, this would be a good place to put those. Uh, yeah. Because I have pink ones on my Bruce deck, and I don't want pink ones. I want <laughs> not pink. Uh, purple would be nice, or red. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Also, things like power markers. That would be nice. Oh, yeah. I think those are, those are included in the legend. I feel like because of all of the various different things that you got to keep track of, like power gains, crits, things like that, like there's a lot of space for Bushiro to print extra accessories for keeping track of that thing that they haven't really done yet. So, a, na a nation box that has you know, like, nation-themed sleeves, either, like, a set of dice or markers themed after your nation so that you can keep track of power games like that. Yeah. Um, I know Buddy Fight, didn't it have, like, a like a thing for your life bar where it was this little car cardboard sleeve mm -hmm. thing? I imagine you could do something like that, um... Like, for example, playing Zorga, you, you have a lot of, like, random 5k buffs. Like, I was playing with uh, Nexus Core's Gabe IRL a few days ago, and instead of taking dice and using it, turning it to the number 5 for this thing as a 5k buff, because everything is in increments of 5k buffs, he, would li he literally had this Scrooge McDuck vault, basically, of dice... That he would reach his greasy hand into, it's not greasy, and put it on, like, put one one dice equals 5,000, and he would just <laughs> stick it Very on whatever cool. card. Which is, you know, useful, but also kind of sad. Like, mm -hmm. just, 8675309, that's, that's what I got on board right now. Ask for Jenny, and uh, you lose, <laughs> and that's how that works. But, uh, I, I think if they had maybe something like that little cardboard sleeve for just for this column for this row something like that would be good especially with a persona ride being a thing mm -hmm. um just any anything to that can keep track of power that can last for at least a little bit of time because sometimes just those like little power marker things just look like ass and then they disintegrate after however many playthroughs like uh imaginary gift markers were sleeved for a long time, but not a lot of them looked very cool. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. You just had, like, okay, this is yellow, and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, the dice set did come with a set of three dice. That's nice. Were they at least, like, cool-looking, or was it just here's, like, three things you get in, like, your bicycle cards? Yeah. Here... It's a blue dice with the Royal Paladin symbol as the one. Okay, that's something, at least. Yeah. That's something, uh... Yeah, see, the biggest problem is trying to figure out, like, 
aside from your essentials of like each fry, copies of each fried line, triggers, and PGs, like what main deck cards would you be putting in there? Because there aren't any like easily translated staples, like say the Grade Three Searchers slash Stride Fodders from previous eras of the game. Oh, like something that can fit in anything. <clears throat> yeah, that just has like a generically good benefit. I don't know. Although I say that, and like considering how many decks rely on Persona writing, just having a generic grade three searcher is actually not terrible. Having a generic grade three searcher might be a little broken <laughs> in this era. Of the maybe. Game. maybe. Uh, like even if it's just the check top five thing, get your get your guy. Like th that would do so much for a lot of decks. Um, yeah, which I feel like that's on Bushi Road for. Like, I know they needed to use Persona Ride as a mechanic to, like, balance it. I feel like maybe they could have explored better ways to do it. I'm still very salty about how bad Hexa Orb is. Oh. I think that's just more a problem of Hexa Orb, not so much the mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> not, no, not the mechanic. It's yeah. just, like, cards like Hexa Orb. Oh, I right. feel like, you know, I feel like they haven't found exactly the right balance. I think Magnolia is probably a better place where you have, like, a version of the skill and then it improves when you Persona, right? So I feel like I'd rather go in the direction of Magnolia rather than you don't get your skill at all unless you Persona, ride. Which they've done for a number of cards now. I'd rather, I think I'd rather have, like, weaker version of skill and then gets better when you Persona, ride. <clears throat> I hope that, like, uh, in the festival collection, uh, Stoikea got this uh, dragon that's, like, on hit, retire it, and then get a grade 3 from drop into hand, um, mm -hmm. which is helpful. Uh, yeah. And, but, uh, only, but, like, Stoikea is, like, the milling nation, so that really only works for them. Yeah. But, like, just something to recycle, you know? Like, uh, yeah. you got Protobulb in Bruce, and... Uh, I assume that uh, the, the one where it looks like Barrow Magnus is getting an exorcism. <laughs> you can <laughs> recycle it. Although that deck doesn't really run other copies of itself anyway. You just don't Persona Ride. I mean, I think people do run the copies of Barrow Magnus. They just don't Persona Ride because lol. No, I'm serious. Like, I'm seeing deck lists with only one, and that's it. Really? I'm I not even kidding. Most of the topic deck lists I've seen out of Japan still run the other three. Just something that I'm not seeing on like people's deck lists online. I, maybe it's like a like a new trend where they're just like, "This is what we're gonna do," and you don't persona ride anyway, so why bother? And you're like, uh, "Maybe, I guess." I mean, th there's some merit to it where, you, like, instead of that, you can just run more soul charging stuff, and then. See, because I'm like, okay, now I'm looking back at like some of the old. Old legend decks, and the Kai one just had a bunch of cards that generically gain power, which is probably what they're going to end up doing with any theoretical nation set if we wanted them to be complete decks out of the box. Well, keep in mind for the legend decks, you it was all of history at that point. There was no standard and premium format <laughs> yet. So for a legend deck or something like that, it's going to be a little harder with a smaller card pool. Now, if this is like we were talking about, 
you know, a year or more down the line, that's probably going to be different, but I don't have the imagination to just be like, this is what it could look like with these yeah. exact effects. I have no fucking idea. If you're listening to this in the yeah. future, uh, I should I have invested in Do- Dogecoin? Was that the right thing to do? Let me know. Um, <laughs> this is my opinion that cryptocurrency is probably uh, generally a bad call. Yeah. I like how that was the first thing you said in like 15 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. I've just been... <laughs> you have to call me out like that. I'm it's sorry. It was guys, funny. We're talking about stuff. I don't really have much to add. No, that's fair. It, it, that's just... It's funny. Like, that's it. Right. Um, yeah. See, I'm usually the guy who doesn't say anything for 15 minutes, but this was my topic idea. So I had to actually do, like, research this time. Yep. And I think it was a good idea. Uh... Do we have anything else we want to add to it? Because I've pretty much ran myself well, out. One thing, one thing that uh, kind of concerns me with the like, I think these, I think uh, I was going to mention earlier that Magic has kind of a similar thing called a deck builder toolkit that that it has like random comments and uncomments that are like quote playable end quote uh, or like you know at least like cards that aren't embarrassing uh, <laughs> and then it'll have like a million basic lands basically. Okay. And then some packs in it dice whatever so like these aren't uncommon for most games uh they cost 20 bucks in magic i think okay um but and they're okay it's just like they don't but they don't really get you to a deck generally mm-hmm. it's kind of like here's some basic lands and other stuff so so you kind of buy it kind of like the the way you would with the gold series in Yu-Gi-Oh, where it's like i want packs and i'm hoping for stuff not right. I'm getting into the game and I need somewhere to start. Yeah. I guess that is a distinction we would have to make with this. Like, do we want this to be, like, a tool for veterans to get, like, cards that they need, or do we want this to be, some, like, a mid-tier introduction where, you know, the start deck is just, like, the very, very basic way to start the game, and then you have things like the legend deck where you can get someone into the game at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Guess, so, like, either for TCG yeah. veterans or people who are like, uh, I want to try a new hobby, uh, and I was into gardening or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, okay, or, so. Or just people who, like, maybe played Vanguard before, got out for a little while, and now they're coming back to it. Right? Where they, like, get. Or, you know, just people who already know card games and can generally get the idea of Vanguard without needing to play Baby's First Clan. Mm-hmm. Which, so. as we all know, is Bastion. <laughs> yes. So, I guess that is another question we would have to ask is for a special series product. Like, are we targeting, like, mid... Like, a mid-tier entry product? Are we targeting... Or are we targeting more just, like, straight reprints for veteran players who already know what they want? I say the latter. Um, I think that, like, the Baby's First Clan thing, that's what, tri- like, trial decks are for. Um, yeah. And I think for something like this, where typically if it's going to cost you more, if it's, like, uh, Ezel Senpai was saying, like, 25 to 50 bucks, to somebody who's like, I want to try this trading card game, uh, you're more likely to give it a shot at four dollars than at fifty. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm so, okay with them like having a little bit higher barrier of entry in terms of like knowing what you want. 
Okay. Well, in that case, like, deciding what they would put in the deck is probably easier, because then I would still just have each ride line just as a way for players to get up. If we're just targeting, like, people who already play Vanguard and are either, like, looking to get something different or trying to find essential cards, then, you know, just, like, having a set of each ride line plus, like, a high rarity staple card from the past, so, like... There's, like, the triple R in the current set, too, that could, for Orthus, that could, like, retire Shadow Army to retire an opponent's card and draw or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, have cards like that in there that are, like, fairly high rarity, seems like they'll be staples for a while. Yeah. Um, you could also do a thing where if you have... You, you have it split... Like, now that you have the only six nations mm-hmm. you can have like a box for the whole nation here's your Brankate box here's your stoikea box yeah i mean that is the premise we came into this with mm-hmm. i for some reason i got it into my head that it was everybody and it was more like a gold series where it was just kind of like you get what you get or <laughs> it's uh no, no. it's huge no, and i think it's everybody. this was being pitched or at least the way ezel senpai was pitching it was as like you know you get a Dragon Empire, a Dark Sage, a Keter, Silvakea, and a Brand Gate box, and you know, each of these individual boxes for the nations will have like essential all of the essentials that you would want. So, you know, let's say you wanted to try out Brand Gate. You already play Vanguard and you wanted to try out Brand Gate, but it's stupid expensive. You can buy this fifty dollar box and get, you know, your Orphis, whatever that grade two cardinal noid from set two was or whatever. The Noid from Dominus. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe something like a Bulbul Mine. I yeah. assume that will be relevant for a while. Probably. Um, at least you don't need to run Bulbul Mine in, uh, in uh, prison. It's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it makes the deck so much cheaper. You just yeah. have to worry about Agra Rouge being like $10. Yeah, which is not too bad. I noticed that's like a thing in a lot of decks. You have your you're like Rideline staples, which if it's outside the TD, they're usually about ten. And then you have like a random double R that's like nine to ten bucks. Bubble or Bulbul Mine, which was funny. Okay, Bubble Mine, Gundarum, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be good. If they were to theoretically make something like a legend deck again, what would that look like in the era? That would be interesting. I think you would have. Because I feel like at some point, in the, like we've said before, inevitably at some point, one of the ride lines is going to be underrepresented. Would we want to see a legend deck type thing for like the undersupported ride lines in the future? Because we know it's almost certainly going to happen. Okay, here's my idea. <clears throat> Legend deck Katsumi Morikawa. It's Bastion because duh, and mm-hmm. it's got a, bu- <laughs> got a bunch of new grade threes in it, and that's how you bring it back into the anime. And uh, <laughs> I I will now jump off a cliff like I rightly deserve to do. So I just want to say, Overdress like the first core of Overdress was not great. The first core, meaning the TDs or the set or what? No, no, the first core like of the anime. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, yeah, it was it was not it was not good. 
I, yeah, I imagine. I, I really wanted it to be good. I liked the slice of life idea, and it just wasn't. Well, it would be good if they, like, actually went into it, but they don't. They're, like, kind of, like, half doing, like, a million things and doing nothing overall. Mm-hmm. And then, the, like, and then it's, like, uh, Donji doing chores, like, as an episode. Uh, right. See, basically, these episodes are about nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, the earlier one, Donji doing chores episodes, like, basically never happened. Like, it didn't matter if they happened or not. Nothing, nothing, nothing that occurred in those episodes was ever referenced again. Yeah. Well, um, actually, there's a thing later where they're like, are you going to be on a fishing boat for a week randomly? Like, it was almost yeah, self-aware, okay. but it wasn't. <laughs> and then, like, you have, like, the, I think, what, what, so, like, the who, who is the, the main character is supposed to be Giga. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the show only revolves around Dungeon. And then for for a couple episodes, uh, what's his name? The blonde guy. To, Tohoima? Toya. Tohoya, sorry. Toya. 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 Yeah, so then there's Toya, who, like, randomly, like, obviously is, like, the antagonist, I guess, of the series, ends up being. There's not really an antagonist for most of the series, because the series doesn't really have conflict, um, for most of it anyway. And then they almost have conflict, and then they don't. Right. It's just, how do I say this? It's, it's just, I, I don't even know how much time has passed in their world over this series, right? Well, like, gonna... I have actually no idea how long you has been going to that amusement. Yeah, like th- things that almost happened that you could literally tell me any amount of time, and I would believe it. In the year twenty five, twenty five, twenty five. Um, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was almost the like we're shutting down the theme park, and then they didn't. There's. Uh, Toya's uh, conflict with his family for one episode. There's Donji's quitting, then he isn't. There's uh, Megumi and uh, Tamari's weird conflict about Donji being missing. There's the Sengoku Jedi weird, like, all the teams are fighting for territory thing, but then there isn't. Like, it's just everything that could have been a thing isn't a thing, and it bothers me. Oh, and then you use weird, like, supposed conflict with his family, but everything's fine. Like, just fuck, dude. There's no conflict in this movie. <laughs> it is mostly infuriating. Yeah, definitely. Yes. It's like, Sounds blue, like it. It's like plot booble, uh, blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you, like, there's just no idea. Like, they don't they just, I, I honestly just think they have no idea what they're doing. I mean, they had... It's that simple. Knowing how long animation takes, that's what makes that even more infuriating. Okay, see, that's the thing with the Japanese animation industry is you would think that they had a long time, but they really didn't. I thought animation yeah. for, like, one, and one episode of animated TV is, like, what, nine months? Not in Japan! How long is it in Japan? <laughs> you be how, how behind schedule Japanese productions is like you uh do you know how south park was made like week by week yeah that's closer yeah much closer (laughs) well there's a good chance that it might not have actually been done that week too which is how we get recap episodes damn so no the japanese anime industry is like actually horrible that's crazy like 
South Park, it's all, it was all paper cutouts and then computer generated with like pre-rendered models and stuff. This is like hand drawn. It looks like yes, and pretty well drawn. Like the animation's pretty okay for what it is. That's nuts. Yeah, like the majority of Japanese anime is done like week to week, if that. And so, if a show got announced like a year in advance, you can be sure that that company is probably working on twenty other projects that they had announced years before, and that the whatever project that they just announced now won't actually be worked on until right before it airs. Well, that sucks. <laughs> very, it's very cool. So, yeah. I, I, I guess we can uh, be assured that if they do one of those uh, boxes, they're going to think of how to fill it, like, a day before they start uh, printing the cards. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Oh. Awesome. Just a random question, but like, would you, would you prefer they make like more legend decks instead of encounter cards? Yes. In the set. Holy shit! Yes. Yeah, because like, that was something I thought about really quickly. Where I'm like, wait, you know, we just had like Overlord and Phantom Blaster encounter cards, where they're like shoving them into these sets and taking up space. What if they just made those into legend decks instead, so we could have like filler product between sets and not annoy everyone yeah. or annoy everyone less I guess I I don't know if they're going to count the encounter uh, guys as the third ride line for each for Cater and I mean, Dragon Empire though I assume they would but I would want if they've already gone down this direction I would want them to especially with you know, new ride lines in set three. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of dumb to not do that. Yeah. Yeah. But or like, alternatively, make it so that Eugene-based cards rely more on open circles, and so that you could just play generic retire cards in Overlord and still have it function as a coherent deck. But that would involve foresight and good planning. So, balls in your courts, I guess. All right. Uh, anything else we want to say before we uh, do, do the end spiel? No, I think that's actually everything this time. Okay. Well, uh, before before you uh, quit out of your Spotify, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, you know. Support the show, patreon.com slash nexus at night. Thanks to our $10 patrons, Darren, Cole, and Josh. Uh, $5 or more donation a month, you get a free-ass bonus episode every week where we have guests on sometimes and mostly just talk about the stuff we don't get to talk about here. Uh, and then you can find us on Twitter Instagram at nexus at night. And where can they find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at wiggums2g2vs. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. And then you can find me at Atlas Novak, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or uh, you can check out my new podcast, Generation Dan, where me and two other comedians from different generations uh, talk about stuff that should divide us and mostly funny shit. Uh, that's on pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, and I tweet it out on the Nexus at Night Twitter. So you'll see it. And uh, until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everybody.